Greeting, Earthlings. We have now taken over your radio. Help South Shore Radio Show. And here we are, once again, Mouth of the South Shore radio show on the Wrestling Perspective Radio Network. I am and will always be the Mouth of the South Shore, Eric Cordova. We should be joined momentarily by the Crav, because tonight is a night that you're supposed to argue and debate. That's what it's all about, because, well, the politicians can do it. Why can't we? So we're going to do it. And I have no issue doing it. Hey, if nothing else, maybe we can even be more entertaining than these people doing it. I'll tell you, I, I was watching it before we uh, came on. and th- We do a wrestling show, and I'm thinking to myself, I could see a couple of these people getting into a ring together. Seems like they, uh, they, need to, they need to duke it out with their fists and maybe a couple of suplexes in order to really get down to what's important to the American people, and that is... I don't know. Could be fun. Why not have some fun? And we're going to have some fun tonight. We're going to argue. We'll have some laughs. We'll have some tears. We'll talk to you about medication you get over the counter that can help you with your uh, winky dink. Who knows what's going to happen here? Well, I do. I wrote the show. But you'll find out as we go along. And the call-in number, if you want to talk to us, is 714-694-4126, leading me to a very different thing than what you're going to get watching a debate. And this is this is why we have never become a podcast, actually. I'll tell you straight out. The reason that we've never become a podcast is because I'm not about me having an opinion and closing that off and making it seem like it's fact because no one's saying anything. I want you to say something. I want the crab to say something. I want open dialogue. I want compromise. I want all of that. If I think, and look, I've had wrestling opinions that have been proven right, have been proven wrong. Some stay opinions because that's what it is. If I tell you I'm a big fan of Bailey. I could get someone calling and go, Billy stinks. I hate her. She sucks. That's fine. No one's telling you you have to like everybody. That's not the way any of this works. So, I'm all about that. And the podcast, I think, gives people a little bit of a superiority complex. Well, I'm on this show. It's my podcast. So, my opinions are important and they're facts. Because I'm saying it. So if I said it, or if I tweeted it, or if I wrote it, it must be true. Yeah, that's not the way anything works. So we will always, as long as we can, keep this a radio show. And even if for some reason this is no longer a radio show and it is a show with no fan interaction, we will do it over social media because I believe in it so strongly. And I hope the crowd feels the same way. When he comes on, we'll ask him. But today we have an agenda, as we always should. We got things to talk about, stuff to talk about. We got Clash of the Champions coming up on Sunday. We got NXT moving this coming week. You got AEW starting in three weeks. So there's a lot going on in the wrestling world. A lot of changes happening. Will there be more changes to Clash of the Champions? I don't know. We'll talk about it later in the show. We'll see. In fact, there's rumors of some even bigger changes coming. I don't. I, again, I don't work for WWE, and I'm not going to pretend to be Dave Meltzer and think I have all the answers. I'm going to pretend to be... Me. And I'm going to tell you, I have no answers. I have opinions. You can listen to those. That's fine. 
Like, I could tell you if I'm watching the Yankee game right now, which just ended, um, or if I'm watching the debate, or if I, I can give you opinions on those things. Doesn't mean that everyone's going to agree with me. Doesn't mean what I'm saying is fact either. Yeah, I, I mean, I can tell you, Cory Booker's wearing red tie. That's a fact. What Cory Booker is saying is a whole bunch of hooky. That's an opinion. <laughs> Whether I fully believe what I'm saying or not, it's an opinion. And opinions are fine. But opinions are kind of like buttholes. Everyone's got them. doesn't mean that because some look the same as others that it makes it more valid than another one. Don't work that way. But I, w- I want to shift this into what's going on in the wrestling world. And look, I think the point that people miss is this. At the end of the day, like nine months from now, we're going to get a nominee for president from this political party. And that person is going to be running for president. There's going to be nominees from other political parties. And you're going to have the incumbent president who represents his own political party. But you're going to have people who blindly side with that party. This happens in wrestling too. I I remember it happening like it was yesterday. Back in 2009, I started really getting into um, TNA, which became Impact Wrestling, more. Um, I had watched it previously, but I started getting involved in these message groups on the internet. And the thing that struck me about these message groups is that you had, I'll call them apologists. Because I feel like it was like no matter what TNA did, no, it's just leading to something. They, they know exactly what they're doing. They, they couldn't have done something wrong. And then if you ask those same people about a WWE angle that was very similar, they go, oh, WWE botch. They just bury their talent. Blah, 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 blah. And it was just so blind loyalty. And the same thing would happen conversely, right? People would be... TNA bashers without ever watching the damn thing. Oh, well, they just steal WWE stars and, you know, they make the. It's like it doesn't even matter what they put out. Like, you don't even have to watch. You don't even have to listen. I know there's people watching this debate right now and they're thinking everything these people are saying is absolute nonsense. And then there's people who are watching these debates and they think everything my candidate is saying is the most brilliant, poignant thing ever, and whatever anyone else says is a whole bunch of hooey. If you can't have the perspective of, hey, you know what? That other person said something that was pretty good. Kind of like that. Kind of dig it. And actually, that other person just said something that I like. If you can't watch wrestling and think, hey, you know what? I've been following this product my whole life, but that other company did something really cool, and I dig it. I actually really enjoyed that. If you cannot put yourself in that perspective and you cannot respect what other companies do because you feel some sense of false loyalty, I can't help you. Nobody can help you because wrestling should not be about loyalty. I know this started back with WCW and WWF, but at the same time, you had people flipping back and forth. So it wasn't about loyalty. It was about who's putting out the better product. And when WCW had the better product, they got more listeners. And then it started to change. People started to give up on the product. WWF's product started to get better. And and I'll say this too. You know, I was a young teenager when this was going on. I really enjoyed WWF in 97, and they were getting murdered. They had a really good program. But when people started catching on, it was 1998. And if WWF had a bad product at that time, people might have stuck with WCW more. But they had a really good product. They elevated Steve Austin. They started elevating The Rock and DX and Kane and The Undertaker. Like they had a lot of really good stuff going on. Mick Foley started to come on, and he had, the uh, you know of course, the famous match with The Undertaker. And then became the character we all know and love. 
this was a time where they took what they had and maximized it for the entertainment of the viewers and people had choices. And again, I don't think it was about blind loyalty. I think in the end of the day, people made a choice. I don't feel people make choices anymore. I think their decision is already made and we're, we're more stubborn than we've ever been. And I say that as a reformed stubborn man. Because I grew up a stubborn kid. I did. I'm not afraid to admit it. I was stubborn. And the thing is, is that when you're stubborn and you realize you're wrong, you stick to your guns and you sound like an idiot. And that is a really difficult position to be in. Like, I don't like being an idiot. And I realized some things are worth fighting, some things aren't. Sometimes you got to just admit defeat and go, you know what? I think you make a good point. I may have been wrong on this one. My bad. And if you don't have that sense, if you continue to think I'm always right, it's never going to work. And that's the thing I've been noticing. I I don't, I, I, my hope is that as we start transitioning into this, um, you know, AEW having a television show and actually impact is going to have a show on uh, access now. We're going to have a lot going on. I, I just I don't want to see blind loyalty. That is the one thing I would like to avoid. Yep. Speaking of things I'd like to avoid, <laughs> but are I mean, I can hang up. It's, it does get off my back. Well, no, we've been waiting for you, so I'll, I'll, I'll let you in here. So uh, we'll, we'll just treat oh, you like... You're, um, you're, you're a bench. We'll we'll just treat you like Julian Castro, just stick you in the corner, and, you know, you'll get a word in every, like, 20 minutes. It'll be fine. See, this is why I have my own... But, ladies and gentlemen, calling in live. Yes. He's got a fantasy football show. He uh, expresses all of his fantasies. It's terrific. Um, his name, of course, is The Crab. I am indeed The Crab, and I'm thrilled, because I tried to do this last week, but you much like people who love you, did not exist last week. I could not hear you. It's as if you weren't there at all. You say that. But as you say that, my left hand feels a little bit heavier. And, oh my God, what is that? You should should, should take take your penis out of it. You should take your penis out of your left hand. Well, that makes it extremely heavy. But (laughs) I am. I am indeed a lefty. But no, uh... (laughs) Since the last time we were on together, I uh, I did a thing, and uh, that thing yeah, is I got married. So uh, models. Yes, absolutely. Uh, you were there, so that was a good time. Oh yeah, you're right. Yeah, you were there. <laughs> yeah, look at that. Yeah. No, so, but uh, we've since moved ahead. We uh, we did the wedding thing. We had the honeymoon thing, and uh, now we're back to real life thing. Yeah. And I I'm, I'm here to tell you. That you know what changes after you get married? Absolutely nothing. Yeah, really, basically nothing. I mean, if you're already living with the person, like, I have a ring on my finger. I, I'll tell you what changes. You could talk to people, and they have less fear of you. That's what changes. It, it's an interesting thing, because I feel like women see a ring on your finger, and they know probably has a less of a percentage chance of being a creeper because he's going home to his wife. And that's kind of nice. Like, you can say normal things and people don't think it's abnormal or comes from, like, a a creepy place. It's kind of nice that people look at you like, hey, yeah. Like, if you just say, like, hey, how are you today? Like, in in some weird way, like, some people are like, hey, wait a minute, does he have an ulterior motive? Like, what is this? I don't know. But they see a ring on your finger, you I've never experienced that, like ever. I go to work. Maybe in New it's York just City. my demeanor, but I never once have ever experienced this guy's a creeper. And I look like the way I look like, and I've still never experienced this guy might be a creeper. Well, ever. I haven't experienced it much either, but I just I notice the difference in the way that people perceive you, like even just around the office. It's like a different. I don't know. I, I can't explain it. I just feel like there's a little more trust in you, like you've done something legitimate in your life. 
You know, that's kind of sad, though, isn't it? It's kind of what? It's kind of sad. Yeah, a little bit, but you you need to promise yourself to somebody else to get a little bit of respect from people. Like that's crazy to me. I I agree, but hey, and I want to make I want I would like to make this absolutely perfectly clear. You will never, ever garner a modicum of respect from me regardless of what you do with your life. I would like to make that perfectly clear. Put it on record in front of a jury and a judge. Never going to happen. I stopped trying years ago, so it's fine. Good. But, uh, no, I mean, we, uh, I've been rock and rolling this thing, and I, before we came on, as I was telling the audience, I was watching a little bit of the uh, the Democratic debate, and, uh, you know, I, I get concerned when I watch these things, and I think of wrestling, and I think, a lot of people have blind loyalty. Like, this is the thing that stands out to me, is that people will get behind a candidate, and then, like, whatever the candidate says, even if it's ridiculous, they'll go, yeah, no, that's totally right. And even if another candidate says something that makes sense to them, they'll go, no, no, I don't like that person. It's got to be wrong. There's got to be something bad about it. And we as wrestling fans have seen this. And I hope we don't see it with, you know, AEW coming up. But I was... Likening it back to, I remember when TNA was like at its peak, and at the at that point it was like people took a side. Either I'm a WWE guy or I'm a TNA guy, and I don't understand why you have to be. Why you can't just go? You know what? I like those guys over there in that company. I like that angle that they're doing. I like this. I like this. And in the other company, I like this. I like this. I like this. And then you don't like stuff from both of them too. Like, why does it have to be? that you have some sort of loyalty to one thing, and therefore you must dislike everything from the other thing. Why does it have to because be Because people like to belong to something. It's identity politics. People like to feel like they belong to something, and they throw themselves blindly into it. That's just how life is. Very simple. Like, I think back in the day, you couldn't be a DX guy and an NWO guy. You had to be one or the other. You couldn't be a Stone Cold and the Goldberg guy. You had to be one or the other. And not as much, and though, because way- people were people were flipping channels. So it wasn't as much. I don't think there was as much brand loyalty then as it was just, I'm loyal to watching good television, which is why the ratings flipped, right? Like, if you notice, when this was the early 2010s, teenage ratings were very flat for a long time because it was like, these are the people that watch, and they're not going anywhere. And WWE's ratings are pretty flat because, oh, we, we watch this, and we're not going anywhere. And there are people who watch both, myself included. But you just got this sense of, like, I hate the WWE, so I'm going to be a TNA guy. Or, you know, or I'm a WWE guy, so I can't possibly like TNA. And I, I don't think, I think people are more the former than they are the latter. I don't think because they like something, they have to dislike something. I hope that's the case moving forward. Because like I said, you're going to have AEW and you're going to have WWE. And more specifically, the Wednesday Night War is going to be NXT and AEW. My guess is, is at least at the onset, you're going to have two pretty good wrestling shows. I mean, NXT has been significantly the best wrestling show on, on I don't want to say television, but the best hourly wrestling program that we've had for the last five years, easy. And AEW so broadcast. Yeah, I would say so. And AEW, they haven't had one of those, but they have a lot of hype. They got a lot of talent. They have a prime slot, and I, I assume if they're going to have this slot, they're going to try their damnedest to put on a really good show. So. I assume they're both going to have good products to start. I just don't see any reason why like it would have to be one or the other. And honestly, I haven't made my decision yet as to how I'm going to handle this. Like, what am I going to watch live? What am I going to do? I, I don't know what you're going to do. I, I think what WWE is doing the first couple of weeks, because USA, uh, USA has to uh, finish airing suits, for the first two weeks of NXT's tenure on the, on the network. 
I think that lends itself to have people watch both. And watching live, honestly, I might go with AEW only because both hours of NXT will be available on the WWE Network the next day. So the so this is the one time that the network could actually prove to be a detriment for uh, for the WWE. Because if I can watch something in its entirety the next day, why 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 bother? You know what I mean? Like I'm not. If I miss something, I'll just see it the next day. Whereas with AEW, yeah, DVR exists, but at the same time, that's something that you can only really catch once unless you remember to DVR it. Whereas with NXT, it's going to be there for you forever. Or as long as you pay for the network. So it doesn't actually matter. Yeah, I don't get the network anymore, so it doesn't matter. I gave you my network. Yeah, here's the thing about that, though. I, I moved into my apartment... In 2016. So I bought yeah. a new TV when I moved into my apartment. Here's the problem with that. They got rid of the WWE Network on smart TVs made by Samsung that are 2016 or older. So my TV, I can no longer get the WWE Network. How do you, you like have that? A, you have an Alexa. You have an Amazon Fire Stick. You have a Roku. It costs 20 bucks. So I got to go out and I got to buy another device... When I spend hundreds of dollars on a 4K smart TV, why? It's not even that old. I mean, we're not talking do, about do, like do a you, 20-year-old TV. Do you not have a video? No, you're, you're an old man. Because I was going to say, I have a PlayStation. The network isn't on my television. It's on my phone. It's on my computer. You have a yeah, computer. Take- Just watch it on your computer. Yeah, I could do that, but it's not the same as on my TV. The the picture was so nice. Oh, stop it. And it was and it was large and it was great. And speaking of large and great, if you want to be large and great, bluechew.com. Wait, no, we got 8 minutes till that. Uh mm-hmm. stand stand by. Stand by for that. We'll we'll get there. Um nah, but, but no, no, your excuses don't matter. You can watch it on your phone, you can watch it on on your desktop computer. And also, you can connect your computer to your television. Just get an HDMI, get a, get a USB, get whatever it is. I could. I just your don't like that they're making it more sir, difficult. Your, your, your excuses, sir, are trash. No, it, it's a three-year-old TV. It's not an obsolete TV. In fact, it's a 4K TV. Yes, There's it not is. much. What? If, if any, I, I bought my television in 2017. And my TV is obsolete. But they're really not. Like, what has changed in television technology since then? Nothing. HDR. Eh. Who's around? No, no, no. Not Ed. You asked the question. I gave you a valid answer. HDR did not exist when you bought your television. It started to make waves when I bought my television. And now every TV's got it. All right. I don't know. I'm not buying that a three-year-old television that I have to upgrade my TV. And I know you could do all these other things, but if I want to watch on my TV, I got to upgrade my TV to watch the freaking WWE Network. It's ridiculous. Or you get a $20 little box, you plug into your TV, you download the app, and you watch it that way. Then what? But I got all my other apps. You're being an old, crotchety old man. I, my Netflix works, my Hulu works, my Amazon Prime, where all the other apps work. None of them had such an issue with my TV being for 2016. But the WWE Network, that has so, you an know, you issue. Talk, you, you, you talk to Vincent Kennedy McMahon. I would do that. Vinny, I, I, I'm too lazy, or I don't have the extra, or I don't have the extra capital to get something on my television, even though I have a cell phone that has the full WWE network capabilities, I have a computer that has full WWE network capabilities, I am too lazy to get a cord to connect my television to my computer so I can watch the WWE network, of which I don't even pay for. I will tell him all that. And I'll also remind him of one undisputable fact. Baron Corbin sucks. 
That is King Baron Corbin to you, sir. How dare you when Chad nope. Gable, Shorty G, is still alive? How dare you? I mean, just because you resonate with Shorty G doesn't mean he's going to win. Absolutely. I think you will. And uh, I, I, I think you're adorable. There have been I mean, reports. Not true. I think you're there have been reports part. that that they didn't actually book this tournament in advance. Like they booked it, and the winner of the tournament is not in it. That that person actually lost in the first round because plans changed. I don't, I don't know if you read this report. I did not. I want to get into this one. I want your thoughts on it. So the report is as follows. The original plan for King of the Ring was to elevate a particular talent into the main event. His name was Drew McIntyre. That was supposed to be your winner of the King of the Ring, and it was supposed to lead toward him feuding with Seth Rollins. Now, the reason that they scrapped that was they realized after SummerSlam weekend that the number one merchandise seller and the person that is the hottest in the industry is Bray Wyatt. So when they realized that, they decided what we should do is elevate Bray Wyatt, and now the plan is apparently whoever wins this Sunday, and we'll get to this, is going to face Bray at the next pay-per-view, or The Fiend. I guess they'll be The Fiend, right? So Drew got eliminated early, so we can forget about him and not think or be teased or titillated by the idea of Drew being in the main event anytime soon. As such, there was no concrete backup plan. There wasn't like a, well, if not him, we'll go with, nobody had any idea. So they've been kind of going back and forth on to the point where on SmackDown, they actually had booked Andrade and I think it was, uh, who's the other guy? They booked Andrade to beat Gable and... Ali. Whoever the other, it might have been Ali. No, Ali was eliminated in the first round, wasn't he? I don't know. But the the point is, there's supposed to be a different finals. So things changed, like drastically. Like Elias wasn't supposed to win, and neither was Gable. So they decided that last minute. So now the Gable thing looks a little more legit. And then he goes and he wins, not over Elias, but over Shane for reasons of, I don't know. But, um, and now we have the finals, which, by the way, will not be on the pay-per-view. They announced that nope. in days. So it'll be on Raw next Monday. Which, I, I don't know why the change was made. Was it not pay-per-view worthy? Is, do we not believe in these guys to have a pay-per-view match? Like, what was... I mean, first of all, you're... Let's get your thoughts on this change of events. What would you have thought if they held off on Bray Wyatt and went with Drew McIntyre? I think it would have been dumb. Although I don't think The Fiend needs the WWE title to be relevant. Like, this Bray Wyatt Fiend incarnation is what The Undertaker was back in the late 80s, early 90s. Like, this is what Vince, I think, envisioned when he thought Bray Wyatt was going to be Undertaker. And Undertaker didn't need the title then. Bray Wyatt doesn't need the title now. He could just, like, I, I don't like the fact that he's going to just be inserted into a title feud. Because right now, I don't think, I mean, he's not losing. I don't think Rollins or Strowman can really lose to him, and I think it's going to be Rollins. But it's just weird. I don't like the fact that he's there in the title suit, actually. I don't either. And the reason is, let's say he wins. Because I assume if you're going to put him there, he's going to win. Who, who, who's going to beat him? Right. And at some point, he has to lose, right? Like, that's the idea. I mean, someone has to dethrone the feet. Like, who's that going to be? They have anybody that they're thinking of, like, this is the guy we can elevate. Is there somebody you know, that... Probably Roman. It's probably going to be Roman, just because, you know, Herb Derp, Roman, Herb Derp. I I mean, the match I'd be curious to see is if Finn Balor came back as the demon once Bray was champion, got a title shot. I'm not saying he should win. I'm saying he should actually still lose the first time as the demon ever to really elevate him. Because, like, that's – what? 
the demon lost to Samoa Joe in NXT. He did? I th- I could have sworn yeah. he never had lost as the demon. No, he lost to Samoa Joe in NXT. Oh, on his way out? Well, even so, there's still an aura around the demon and winning. And I think it would it would actually be a pretty big deal if the fiend defeated the demon in I, I want to say dominating fashion. Like it's not really a question. That's what that's what I think would go a long way. And then you'd have that question of, well, now who can it be? Like who's going to be that person that can take this guy down? But is that really what we want for this character to be like a guy walking around the title belt? I don't, it seems weird, doesn't it? I don't think being the champion matters as much like in the public view. I just, but in terms of the company and building up characters and stuff, having the fiend be the champion is a horrible idea. What also was a horrible idea was not charging my phone today. And why so do you say I that? am on my way out. But before I before I'm on my way out, let Cordova tell you what I do when I'm about to go my way in. I actually kind of like that intro. That wasn't bad. Um, and of course, good night. Of course, he's alluding to what he would like to think is good sex. He might be wrong, but he thinks it is. Now, if you want it to actually be good sex, might I recommend BlueChew.com. That's blue like the color blue. BlueChew.com is the first chewable with the same FDA-approved ingredients as Viagra and Cialis, so you know they work. And you can take it any time, day or night, even on a full stomach. And since they're chewable, they work up to twice as fast as the pill, so you can be ready, willing, and gable whenever the opportunity arises. And the great thing about Blue Chew, and uh, this is going to be good for the craft too, is that it's prescribed online and shipped straight to your door in a discreet package. And keep in mind, when you live with your significant other, your package better be discreet. And so you don't need an in-person doctor visit. You don't need to wait in the pharmacy. And best of all, no awkwardness. So the great thing is that they're made in the USA. And since Blue Chew prepares and ships direct, they're cheaper than the pharmacy. And you know what? I'm going to make it even cheaper for you. Right now we have a special deal. Go to BlueChew.com and get your first shipment free with our special promo code WPP. Just pay the $5 shipping. So again, that's B-L-U-E Chew.com promo code WPP to try it free. It's better, it's cheaper, it's faster than any of the others on the market. And they're also our sponsor. And now back to talking about men in skimpy outfits. Also some women. Okay, we got that one out of the way? Good. I get fired up with that. And you know what's crazy is like, I'm reading that Made in the USA line, and I'm thinking about uh, my friend Medusa, you know. But I'm also thinking a little bit of pride behind that. You know, it's the day after 9-11, and it's been 18 years, man. Like, I've lived as long before 9-11 as I have after, which is wild. I've actually lived longer since. That's wild to me. And I want to share a personal story around that. So I was a senior in high school when 9-11 happened, and I lived in New York. I still live in New York. I often talk down about New York with the traffic and with the cost of living and whatever politics I don't like here. But New York is my home. I grew up here. No matter where I go, no matter what I do, people always know you're a New Yorker. That's who you are. And in some ways, I'm proud of that. On September 12, 2001, I was really proud of that. Let me tell you, as a senior in high school, people look to you in school to be a leader. Some people are born to lead. Some have it thrust upon them. And some become it by default when a national tragedy happens. 
I'm a little bit of all three. And I'd like to think that my entire grade realized that it was thrust upon them, and we did what was necessary to be leaders for our school. I'll never forget that day. It's it's our – the president has been shot. It's our Martin Luther King – it's our thing from our generation. The younger generation has Hurricane Sandy if you're from New York. But if you're not from New York, I, I feel like people not from New York probably have forgotten about that one. It's not important to them. But 9-11, that's a thing that was important to the nation. And I remember being in class and finding out it happened, thinking it was a joke, and then finding out it was real – And the day after seeing everyone come together and support one another, even that day, wasn't about what clique you were in. It wasn't about what your politics are. It wasn't about any of that. It was about the fact that your fellow man and woman stood next to you, and we had to come together because we were attacked. We as a nation were attacked by people who don't agree with what we do as a nation. They don't agree with our freedom. They don't agree with our way of life. That is what was attacked. And it has nothing to do with how those people define themselves, those terrorists that attacked us. The only way I'll define them is as terrorists. And they're terrorists because they wanted to inspire our nation to be a nation of fear. The sad thing is, is that since that day, we have become a nation of fear. We fear everything. We have people that fear immigrants. We have people that fear guns. We have people that fear loss of health care. We have people who fear everything. And you have people that want to rule us with an iron fist that prey on that. They prey on our fear. We need to get back to the idea that we do not fear. We do not let fear dictate us. We do not let fear define us. You know what made my perspective on that? You know who the first public gathering was after 9-11? It was on 9-13. Two days later. Because one man said, I will not fear anything. That man was Vince McMahon, so like him or not at this point, whether you like his booking or not, whether you love Baron Corbin or not, whether you think he's lost his mind with some of his choices of who he likes, whether you like Roman Reigns being shoved down your throat, it doesn't matter because on the 13th of September 2001, one man, one company had the guts and the gall to put on a live demonstration of professional wrestling and say to terrorists, we will not live in fear. And as a wrestling fan, I stand damn proud of that day. That before anybody else went back to work in the entertainment industry, out of fear, it was the wrestlers who stood strong. This industry that people have shat on, people have made fun of, They were the example that the nation needed. And it is with that thought that since that day, that I've been damn proud to say that I am a wrestling fan. Because for a little while, I wasn't. A lot of embarrassing stuff going on with the the booking and stuff. But when you realize the backbone of it is things like that, you should be damn proud. There's no reason not to be proud. You should stand proud of being a wrestling fan when wrestling will stand up when nobody else will so I'll never apologize for it I'll make fun of it I mean it's what we do on the show I'll make fun of it but I'll never apologize for it so I want to get into a couple more things and then we'll get into Clash of Champions we'll run down that list let's I think actually we can run down that list anyway because I think my thoughts are going to run into those matches. So let's let's just do that. 
And let's see what we got. Okay. What order do I want to do this in? All right, let's start with this. AJ Styles, Cedric Alexander. Kind of came out of nowhere. Again, this may have been one of those things that because of all the changes made with King of the Ring, this happened. I'm not going to argue against it. Cedric has looked really good. I just don't buy into his character. I don't think he's got the character work down. I feel like any of these guys that came from 205 Live, all they do is play the underdog. It's like there's no other depth to them. I feel like they're not allowed to become characters. It's just you were there, and now people are seeing you as you have to prove yourself on the main roster. Screw that. Seriously, screw that. stupid. Granted, AJ Styles is one of the biggest stars in the company. I can't imagine that Cedric beats him here, especially with AJ having the backing of the club. Great opportunity. Cedric put on a nice match. He's going to lose. Then we got Alexa Bliss and Nikki Cross, which I guess is the babyface team. They've been performing babyface now against Fire and Desire, Mandy Rose, Sonya Deville. For the WWE Women's Tag Team Championships, and at least this is built up, and they've tried to get people to care. I'm actually tempted to call the title change. I don't know if they're going to pull the trigger that quickly, but I wouldn't be upset if Mandy and Sonya won. I'm, I'm going to say no, just because I don't know that it's happening yet, but it wouldn't shock me. And I don't want to get too far into it. it the Alexa and Nikki thing is working at the moment, and I wouldn't mess with what's working. At some point, yeah, they're probably going to split. Hopefully, it leads to Nikki. Hopefully, it leads to Nikki Cross becoming a big star. I don't know if that's going to be the case, but I hope. Something I'm not sure of. Roman Reigns versus Eric Rowan. Now, this is worth talking about. You see, you have Roman Reigns, one of the biggest stars in the company, and you have Eric Rowan, a guy who's always been a lackey, save for that like four-month thing where he could do Rubik's Cubes and stuff. And that's all he's ever been. And you had this story where it looked like Daniel Bryan was going to be the big bad, and we were going to make him even more evil evil and disturbed. And I don't know what was supposed to happen with that, and I'm not going to speculate because I really don't know. I mean, like, it could have been a cool idea, but I don't think they had, again, I don't think they had the long-term down. Someone's got to step in and go, here's the long-term plan. Here's what we got to do. Here's how we're going to get there. This way, maybe we can avoid situations like this. Rowan isn't ready for this spot. He's done a good job since he's been thrust into it, where they made him act on his own. But I can't imagine he's beating Roman Reigns. I mean, are they really chomping to bit to give Eric Rowan a big push? He could be a monster that people can slay. But the type of guy that slays the monster is Roman Reigns. So, yeah, no, Eric Rowan's not winning. Shinsuke and The Miz, Shinsuke's not doing a whole lot with the thing, and he's kind of teaming up with Sammy, and I know the story is going toward them feuding. I'm hoping it's now. I'm hoping The Miz takes the title, and we can shift into maybe some other people going after it, maybe like a Bobby Roode or something. But I don't, I don't know if it's the time yet. We'll see. And we got the New Day and the Revival. I kind of forgot this match was here. It'll be fine. I'll go with the New Day. I really don't know. Drew Gulak, Humberto Carrillo, Lince Dorado. I think the idea is eventually to get Lince to possibly lean heel. But Drew's done a good job as champion. We, I got to stay with Drew. Seth Rollins and Braun Strowman versus Robert Roode and Dolph Ziggler. Let's go with the title change so that Rollins and Strowman have something to feud over come their title match later in the show. Let's go with that. What else do we got? We're kind of breezing through these. Ah, yes, the women. 
The four horsewomen are in two matches for both titles. They're back on top, all four of them. So let's get to the one that pisses me off the most, Bailey and Charlotte. Because the other one is logical. Bailey and Charlotte is not. Charlotte is the most natural heel on the face of the planet. She hasn't changed a damn thing. Pretty sure she's still a heel. But yet, there was the heel turn of Bailey. Now, if you want to alter up Bailey's character a little bit, fine. If you want to do it majorly, let us know. Go with it. Commit. You know, this whole idea of like, well, we we're going to say that the, her, it was her big moment as a heel turn. And then she'd go, no, I was loyal to my friend, but I'm still a role model and I'm going to act like one. I still got my wacky, wavy, inflatable arm blowing two man. Wacky, wavy, inflatable arm blowing two man. Wacky, wavy, inflatable arm blowing two man. Hi, I'm Bailey from Bailey's Warehouse of Emporium of Wacky, Wavy, Inflatable Arm Phone Two Man in Weekapog. Yeah, if you're going to go with that, I get it. They're calling her a role model, so maybe, like, she's going to portray all the things that she still thinks is good while acting bad in the ring. Kind of. But if Charlotte's still going to act like a pretentious, self-centered, full-of-herself dickhead, I don't understand how you can make Bailey the heel. She's not going to be the heel on that. Again, Charlotte's a natural heel. I would certainly keep it that way. I'm not saying Bailey can't be one, but she should be fighting other people that aren't Charlotte Flair. Naturally, she should be anyway because... It seems like we can't go two months out of Charlotte Flair title match. It's, it's a little ridiculous. Um, I'm really hesitant on this one. I'd like to see Bailey retain. It scares the hell out of me that Charlotte's going to win. And I don't even know what's going to happen if she does. And then we have the other two. Sasha Banks came back. Now she wants the title. And the forgotten one. Becky Lynch, now the biggest star in the company. An engaged woman. And the rumors being that she's going over to SmackDown. So if that's the case, is she dropping the title here? I'm going to say it might be so. I don't think it'll happen because she's lost to the better woman. I would think there may be some shenanigans with Bailey, Maybe even some shenanigans with Charlotte. I don't know. Maybe the three of them team up. I don't know. But I would think if you're going to do that, there's going to be some shenanigans involved. I just don't know what those shenanigans will be. So we got two more matches. Two more. Two more. We got Kofi Kingston, Randy Orton, and Seth Rollins, Braun Strowman for the respective world titles. Kofi and Randy, they built a nice story. Still cannot imagine Randy Orton winning here. But at the same time, I kind of could. some point, someone's going to beat Kofi. The dream's going to be over. Randy would only be a transitional champion. So unless we have an idea of who's next, I don't know why I would have Randy win. But I could see it. Like, it wouldn't shock me if he did. I just don't know who's next, and I always try to think ahead. But I really like this feud. I think they've done a good job. Rollins and Strowman, they've done a good job with what they've had. I'm not, like, super stoked to see this match, and I'm pretty sure that the ending is already written because if The Fiend is coming, then you're you're getting a non-finish so that we can have a triple threat because there's no way... That they're just going to have a straight one-on-one with The Fiend, and he's just going to beat someone straight one-on-one. He really hasn't wrestled enough people yet to make that viable. But if he's in there, and he's doing his crazy stuff, and it, it, it might work. You know, like, he doesn't have to just dominate the champion. I think that might work. So I'm expecting a non-finish. It might even be with the Fiend interfering. I don't know. Would it shock you? Wouldn't shock me? So that's your pay-per-view. Am I excited about it? 
eh. Do I think anything life-changing is happening on it? Not really. What is life-changing is that SmackDown is moving to Fox. AEW is coming to TNT. But before any of that happens, as we alluded to earlier, NXT is coming to your television screens via the USA Network. For the first couple of weeks, you're going to get an hour's worth of programming on USA Network. The second hour will air live on the WWE Network. It's going to be a two-hour show, not a one-hour show. After that, it will be two hours in USA. As a result, the rumor is that some main roster talent might be coming back to NXT. I want to talk about that as our closer here. And I want to talk about whether this is a what we think should happen and what we think will happen. What should happen is we should probably give some second chances to guys who really didn't cut it on the main roster. You know, guys like EC3. Maybe a guy like Bobby Roode, although it looks like they might push him now. Guys like that, guys that could benefit from going back to a place that they did well. What will probably happen is they'll probably take a couple of big names and recreate ECW of the mid-2000s, right? And look, I'm going to say this, and this is going to come from a place. I was never an ECW fan. I never liked it. It was never my cup of tea. I'm still not an extreme guy. Like, that's not my style. But I also understood that ECW had a niche market, and it's okay to cater to a niche market. That's okay. So they brought it back for One Night Stand, and it did cater to that market. One Night Stand 2005 was great. 2006 was good because they started incorporating other things, and the main event included John Cena, which was a sight to behold. Not totally against it, but it did go against the idea of let's just let these guys get out there and be different for a day. And then we decide we're going to create the show. Now, I get that you're going to want to debut guys on the show. Of course I get that. But the second that they made it exactly just a third brand was the second it died. Let's be honest. When you sent the big show down there, when you had Bobby Lashley become their champion, in any type of universe, is Bobby Lashley the type of guy that would be ECW champion? Of course not. And yet there he is. It's those type of things that really destroyed the idea behind WCW and reviving it. Now, NXT has its thing, too. It's got its niche following. It has its way. It's not an extreme program. It's a program built on simple, well-told stories. What I do not need are, quote-unquote, WWE guys coming down for the star power. I don't need that. I need people that are going to fit into the mold of what it means to be part of NXT. I need that show to stay what it has been. It's going to be tough because now it's a two-hour show. One of the really cool things about NXT is that it was an hour long, which means that you weren't getting the same people every week because you couldn't. There's plenty of talent, but you can't have people on every single week because then you only have the same eight people on and you never get anybody else on. So they've rotated people. You know what that does when you rotate people? You allow people not to get tired of the performer. The problem and I want to address this because I said it before about Baron Corbin. I said Baron Corbin sucks. Baron Corbin doesn't suck. He's actually a pretty good heel. Is he a main eventer? No. Could he be? I don't know. The problem is is that I think that people have tired so much of Baron Corbin 
because he was on their television screens every week as that stupid constable character and then the GM character. It was too much of the same thing, and people tired of it. That's the case with anybody. Anybody that's overexposed, people feel that way, right? It happened to John Cena. I mean, it happened with Roman Reigns. It's the idea of, I'm seeing this guy every week. I, I can't miss him. And you're telling me every week how great he is, how wonderful he is. That's it. I got nothing else. NXT doesn't have that problem because even the champions aren't on every week. They don't let you get tired of people. That's a good thing. But with two hours, I fear that they're going to. And I hope they don't fall into the the monotony of what WD programming becomes where they have the champion come out for a 20-minute segment, some talking, because they're going to have to fill in the time, right? Because when it's, when it's 50 minutes, you do like three matches, four matches, you do some, you know, some short promos, and you're out. Now, what are they going to do, eight matches a week? Or are they going to start doing longer promos? I think they're going to start leaning on the promo, and I don't feel good about it. I'm nervous about that. I am very skeptical of what we are going to see come next Wednesday. And we'll discuss it next Thursday on the show. But I'm very skeptical. I don't know what's going to happen. I hope for the best. But I'm expecting the worst. The question is, who do you think is going to end up down there? Like I said, I think they're going to end up putting a guy down there that's like, a Lashley type, like someone who has like name value that they think will help. A guy that won't really fit the mold of the brand and is like too big a star for it. I have a feeling they're going to do that. Cause it, and why? Because they've done it, right? Big Show, Benoit, like guys who are angle, guys who are too big for the brand, but we need to make sure that people are watching so we have to have our big established star down there. It's impossible to just have a good show. People won't watch that. You can't just put on a good show. You have to have stars. You know the beautiful thing about NXT is they create stars. You know I know they create stars? Because almost every single person that's a big star now became a big star in NXT. Who's your champion? Seth Rollins. Big star in NXT. First NXT champion. Who else you got? It's a big star right now. Don't give me Braun Strowman. He came out of nowhere. It's an exception to the rule. Who else? Four Horsewomen? Big stars down in NXT. What else we got? Yes, I know. AJ Styles is an exception. I, I got that. I got it. The point is, Kevin Owens, Sami Zayn, all these guys are big stars down there. They became even bigger names than they probably were in the independent scene. By doing awesome stuff in NXT. So the so even people who didn't watch independent wrestling were like, I got to see these guys in the main roster. I got to see these gals in the main roster. That was, that was the magic of NXT. It still is. Adam Cole, baby. And his, you know, his little group there, the Undisputed Era, right? Matt Riddle, bro. All these guys, they become stars. And there's so many guys coming up through the ranks. Keith Lee, Dominic Dijakovic, all these new guys, Trevor Grimes, right? We have so much talent. I don't want to see it diluted by putting a big name in there just to have a big name. It's not necessary. What is necessary is that we wrap up the show. I'd like to thank Dennis and uh, shout out to Dennis. He's revamping. Of course, Petey uh, taking some time off. So we got the Wrestling Perspective show now with Eli Drake, one of my favorites, doing the show now with Dennis. And, of course, you got Dennis's other show. He's got two now. That's how big a star this guy is. Make sure you check those out. Make sure you check out the Crab's other work. He's over on the I-95 Sports Entertainment Radio Network doing his show with Billy called Billy and the Crab. I got some stuff going on. I'm uh, going to get back to this. Been neglecting it a little bit, but I got a show that I do about 
histories. Check that out. Make sure you follow us on the Facebook, the Twitter, and the Instagram. And we will see you guys next week. Peace.